Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Last time on Dungeon Drunks, the group dives into the underground tunnels below the Bloody Fist, hoping to find an old stash of goodies left behind by the Old Thieves' Guild. After an encounter with some undead in the dark tunnels of Undermountain, there's more that stretches out before them. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obocrazy, and... I have friends I don't deserve who constantly give me awesome, awesome things. And so tonight I'm drinking one of those things. I have coffee and Kahlua. Now, I don't just have coffee and Kahlua. I have pumpkin spice Kahlua because I am a basic white girl and I do like pumpkin spice and it's Kahlua and coffee and Kahlua makes me happy. And really, that's all that matters is does it bring me joy? It brings me such joy. Jonathan. What drink brings you joy? Uh, well, normally it's an LIT, but uh, but tonight I am still Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magimuscular, and I have a Up Yours Putin. It is Diet 7-Up and vodka. It's the last of my vodka. I need to go booze shopping tomorrow. It's also almost my last bit of Fireball. And, <gasps> uh, yeah, I know. So this shot of Fireball, which will be consumed at the first casting of Fireball this session, uh, is dedicated to a, a buddy of mine who doesn't listen to this show, but I want to uh, I want to kind of call him out regardless. Uh, he has been my friend for God over twenty years now, and uh, and he is one of the biggest inspirations for how I run as a DM. Uh, I'm hmm. very lucky to have him in one of my games, and I I take a lot of inspiration from him. He is one of the most clever DMs that I have ever encountered. He has come up with so many interesting mechanics and situations and his voices are second only to oboe crazies so ryan this uh fireball shot is for you Aww. I'll, I'll cheers to this wonderful gentleman anyone who's willing to take on the mantle of dm for their friends is awesome in my eyes bernie what drink brings you joy hold on hold on hold on oh fuck i'm holding fuck. here we go ah it's so cold and hard to do i can't open my beer is the long and the short Fuck. <laughs> oh, oh, there we go. Um, what bring? What drink brings me joy tonight? It's uh, the last of our Bose Brewing Company Lug Tread Lager Ale. I I love that in Canada everything's written in French and English. <laughs> Brasserie, I think is brewing. Still don't know. Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> I, I, um, I just realized we both now have Canadians that we live with who are right really there. bad at speaking French. Yeah, and this is the kicker. <laughs> this kid grew up in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> they have um, no excuses. Yeah, but no, it's it's good. Um, it's nice and cold, and I had so that's what brings me joy. And I'm gonna have to find another local beer to drink next week. But until then. I've got that, and I've got a pet Canadian hanging with me tonight, so Aww. it's all good. It's all good. Travancore, what drink brings you joy? Good people of Faerun, 
The Viceroy's choice this evening is an old favorite, actually. Uh, I'm not much of a repeat drinker, but when I like something, I, I like to gravitate towards it. Uh, so to inaugurate officially the uh, the new Glibshark East Studios, <laughs> what I have before you is a Walt Wit. <gasps> so this is a unfiltered hey! so Belgian-style white ale and is brewed with grapefruit peel and chamomile. And not only that, but I got it from a local place right within walking distance of my house. And now I'm going to be getting little sampler things and they sell silver serving beers and I'm going to be experimenting more with uh, different things. Um, and then Jules, that's why I asked for your, uh, for your new, uh, your new address because I'm, I need to make good on this promise to send you some. Dungeoneers. Aww. Oh, Dungeoneers. Take up your axes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really proud of myself for that poetry pun. And I set up the layup. You I love did. it. I love it when a plan comes together. Carlton, what drink brings you joy? Uh, tonight it is from the Boots Beverages Company, and it's the Ultimate Caramel or Caramel Soda, uh, cola, and uh, it's a uh, very caramely. All the caramel. It's basically like drinking caramel, straight caramel, and it's 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 interesting because like, you know, it's not a thing you're used to drinking, you know, caramel, and so I expect it to be chewy, and no, it's a liquid. <laughs> and so now my brain is all like, I don't know what this is. What if you mix it with some apple juice? Mm. Hmm. Next time I have some apple juice, I will try it. Yeah, I like that plan. Try it. Come back to us. I I was kind of imagining syrup. It it does kind of taste like like the concentrate almost. Yeah, like concentrated caramel. Well, there's one thing that isn't sweet, and that's where you guys are. Transitions, everyone. So nice. you guys, <laughs> you guys have <laughs> dove deep into the the twisting halls underneath the bloody fist. You just had an encounter with some zombies and a flaming skull. Bernie got turned into a giant ape. I have I that in correctly. my notes. It says, "You are a giant ape." You are a giant ape. Uh, you're currently still a giant ape, even as the group of you meet back up in this chamber that Carlton set off all the traps for. So you Don't worry, had, guys. I got it for you. Yeah, all the traps gone. So you guys came through a set of double doors, which had uh, a couple different ways to go, including a rope bridge over a giant chasm. You went north through some doors around a corner and into this room where you all are now kind of regathered to take a second, collect your thoughts. It's a fairly barren room, except for the blood on the ground. Actually, no, you you guys killed a flaming skull in here, so there wouldn't be much blood. It's probably coming from me. It, yeah. Yeah, Carlton's <laughs> probably hurt a little bit. The the giant ape that was Bernie is hurt a little bit. The rest of you are Carlton hurt a little bit. Carlton has hurt a lot a bit. Yeah. Uh, but you guys have regathered here and uh, you're kind of keeping an eye out. There's a entrance, your entrance that you came in from, and then there is an exit leading north. And for the moment, it's quiet. What would you like to do? Bernie would like to roar at her friend. Well, I want to hear you roar at your friends. So hold on, let me get, let me get high. I gotta, gotta get in the proper mode. Assume so she, like, the roaring position. Just, God, I hope this records. She's like, can you guys hear that? Yeah. No, no. She's like, <laughs> She's fearsome and awesome. So, as I like furiously look through my notes on uh, the Unearthed Arcana Ranger, I want to see if there's any way as a Beastmaster if I can understand or communicate on a basic level with uh, with Ape Bernie. 
go ahead and roll roll an animal handling check. Oh, animal Oh, I got a nice bonus to that, too. While the monkey roars and Travancore t- tries to decipher it, I'm just stuffing my face full of my last greater healing cupcake. Okay. Because everything hurts. Ow. Go ah! ahead and roll your greater healing cupcake healing. Cool. I already did. I got 13 points, so it brings me up to 36. By my count, Bernie has been an ape for three rounds? Yeah. Two, two rounds? Three rounds? Something about like that, yeah. Okay. Uh, Jonathan the Mad Muscular speaks up and is like, um, we better get going because that spell is going to, is going to wear off soon. And it seems like Bernie Kong is someone we want to unleash on some fools. Rah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jonathan, polymorph lasts for a minute? It does. All right. So yeah, you've got probably about 40 more seconds. All right, guys. Let's go. What direction did that thingy go in? Because Bernie was ready to take off after it. It was going north down the hallway that is exiting this room. There's only the one. Bernie doesn't have proper decision-making skills at this point, so she's going north down the hallway at all possible speed. Oh, all and right. uh, and uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to hop after her. I'll follow as well, wondering how I did with my 18 on animal handling. <laughs> Oh, with an 18, it's not that she's speaking. You're just trying to understand by the body language, the roaring. You kind of get the sense that she's impatient to go chasing after this flame skull that got away. Was there anything in specific you were trying to impart or do? I wanted to see if there's anything of, of our gnome cleric in, in the current ape format, or if it's just straight up animal until she comes back. It's her, but... It's just kind of a bit of her personality. Obviously, if this was a real giant ape, it'd probably be attacking you. So the ah. fact that it makes eye contact with all of you and makes a, a point to try to work with you, there's something of Bernie in there, but okay. all you're getting is giant ape with a Bernie veneer. Oh, the Viceroy of Glenmar and his trusty bear follow. Uh, Jonathan the Magmuscular uh, clutches his pearl. And recovers one of his spells. I just love so much that you clutch your pearl. I clutch my pearl. That is that is <laughs> on purpose. Uh, and as we're going, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular ex- uh, explains to Travancore what it's like to be polymorphed. <laughs> <laughs> and Jonathan's explanation matches up with what you got as you guys rush down this hallway of rough stone with very cold, almost icy walls, because you guys are fairly deep underground at this point. Yeah, what he describes, it kind of matches up. Bernie's in there. It's just Bernie is now a giant ape, and that's mm. the closest you can get. And Bernie's only going to be a giant ape for another 35, 30 seconds as you guys rush down this hallway. You get to the end of the northern section, and it turns East, and I'd love for you all to roll perception checks as you skid around the corner. I'm also going to inhale deeply and second wind. Bernie? Got a 14. And Carlton? Uh, I got a 15. And Jonathan and Bucks? Let's see. That is a 13 for Jonathan the Magimuscular and for Bucks, uh, 16. Mm, and Travancore and Shadow? Travancore got a 17, Shadow 13. Wow, you guys all rolled double digits. Well done. You come skidding around this corner, Bernie barely stopping to continue down the eastern path. And 
you are all on alert, very cautious about where you're going, Carlton especially, because ooh, ouch traps and ooh, ouch more traps. What you Guys, see everything doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> but it did, and now you you might be taking a closer look at the walls, at the ceiling, at the floor. You see that just after this right turn, the there's a small set of stairs, and before you, about 15 feet in front of you, there is a busted wooden door. It's about half broken. You can see through the top half. The bottom half is still kind of half swinging. And through that doorway, you you can very clearly see there is a very large room coming up. Uh, those of you who rolled over 15 actually see what looks like bits of beds and cots and a few strewn about pieces of clothing. You're thinking that if someone hadn't camped here, this might be somewhere where people used to be sleeping. And you don't see any light coming from that room. It's pitch black. Fortunately, you either have dark vision or you have goggles. And you do know that the flame skulls were letting off some ambient light because, you know, skulls on fire. So you don't think that this thing is in the room in front of you, even though you very clearly saw it go this way. So it either blitzed through this room or went somewhere else. Are there any doors? There is the one door leading into this room. That's the half broken door. Uh, You don't see from where you are any exits to the room. You'd have to basically get a little bit closer. There's stairs leading down. And then once you get a little closer and you can look inside, you might see something. Bernie is going to leap down the stairs and pummel on in because she doesn't have, she's no, like, she's, fuck it. She wants to kill this thing. Yeah. All right. Uh, Go ahead and roll a strength check as a giant ape on the remains of this door. Uh, strength. So if my modifiers, if I'm strength at a 23, what's that? Plus six to your strength. (laughs) I got an eight. (laughs) Total or do you roll? Total, I rolled a two. <laughs> I, I want to come down and follow and the what uh, Ape Buddy is doing and start bashing down this door. Okay. The bottom of this door is really the only thing that's left. Bernie, as you pound into it, you hear a resounding <laughs> as you hit what's left of this door. And you just underestimated how thick this bit of door is. You Mm -hmm. kind of assumed in your gorilla form you could just barrel through anything. You put a good crack in it, but it's not broken yet. Carlton, did you? Uh, I'll I'll do it. Uh, Just unskilled strength, you said? If you're just kicking it. I'm proficient with unarmed, so does that count? Well, are you punching the door? That's what the bunkie's doing. Searching for a barrel with Diddy Kong in it. (laughs) Uh, So I would add strength plus my proficiency. Yep. Uh, we are plus three now with proficiency at this level, so... He's also gonna get an... Oh, a 25. All right. Bernie, you make a good crack in this door, and then Carlton comes along, and with a swift karate punch, just smashes through the crack that you made. The two bits of this door fly. The one that's still attached to the hinge pounds open onto the wall. The bit that he actually punched open, that bit of wood goes flying into the room. I pat the monkey on the back and I'm like, it's okay, big guy. You you loosened it for me. And and Bernie's not even paying attention because again, just barreling <laughs> on through like a 
like a like a crazed giant ape. Okay, you run into this room as you get about, let's say, 10, 15 feet into the room. You have a a better view of it. What are the rest of you doing as she barrels into this room? I'll follow her. Oh, yeah, going in. Oh, yeah, we're all going in. Okay. What you see before you looks like an old barracks. It's got moldy beds, a few decrepit tables, and a lot of destroyed stuff. It looks like maybe decades ago, this was used as sleeping chambers for for who you're not exactly sure, but whatever's left of it has long been decayed and overturned with probably other people searching through it and time. You do notice on the other side of the room for where you entered, so you entered from the west, and to on the eastern side of the wall, you see a small alcove, basically about 10 feet, and another wooden door leading somewhere to the east. Barrels on through that door. Okay, go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, I was I rolled strength. So my strength check is 23 against the door. Okay. Dexterity uh, yeah. is a 14, which is what, a plus two? Yes. Yep. 18. Okay. As you smash into this door, two things happen. First, the door crumbles inward, most of the pieces flying against the far wall. Also, you feel the sharp bits of darts as they hit you in the side. They don't do a ton of damage because you're you're moving so fast that you basically move past them before they even really get a chance to do very much. So you take uh, four points of piercing damage. Right. And are you going to continue through the door? You've probably got, I would say, another round or so, another 10 seconds worth of being a giant ape. Uh. You yes. you wouldn't know this, but you know. No, she's just like I mean, Bernie's just like fuck it. I'm an ape, and she's got no uh, no like skills to make judgment. So okay. she's going. She wants to kill this floaty skull thing. You barrel into the hallway past the door as these darts hit you in the side. The hallway that you enter from the door goes north south. To your north, you see the piled remains of what used to be a statue. Nothing very interesting in your ape ape form. To the south, you see the hallway goes for about another 50 feet before it takes a left turn out of sight. And as you run through to that turn, you look down this very long hallway, maybe 100, 150 feet. You can see another entranceway to the south. You can see what looks like another door way at the end and then... About halfway between the entranceway and the door, just a giant hole in the wall, as though the whatever this building that was constructed down here either intersected with a natural cavern or the wall itself has crumbled and now a natural cavern has appeared. And just as you're deciding how far you're going to run forward, you turn back into Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> what are the rest of you doing as she comes back to her senses? Uh, we're, we keep we keep going. We're like, uh, Jonathan the Red and Muscular runs by. He's like, hey, Bernie, good to see you again. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
As she wheezes, <laughs> the rest of you exit this barracks. You take that turn and you find yourself in the long hall. You don't see any light anywhere, but you can all roll perception check. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is a 22, thanks to my natural 20. Drink! Drink! Nice! Drink. All right, so we got that, that nat 20. Jonathan, what did Bucks get? Uh, maybe he'll get that much, too. We'll see. Almost 19. And Travancore and Shadow? 21 for the Viceroy of Glenmar, 17 for the Bear of the Viceroy of Glenmar. Nice. Carlton? 14. And Bernie? Bernie got a 10. Which makes sense, because you <laughs> are a little distracted suddenly being yourself again. You do remember everything you did as an ape, but it's it has a little bit of a dreamlike quality because it felt so alien but it also kind of felt good. So you you don't see anything else, really. The rest of you, actually, all of you, because all the rest of you rolled over 15, right? Uh, nope, not me. Not you? Okay. So Jonathan, Bucks, and Travancore, and Shadow, you guys, as Bernie gets a hold of her breathing and stops huffing and puffing, you hear a strange, hollow, wind tunnel sound coming from your right kind of in front of you about 10 feet on the right side of this hallway there is stairs leading down and out of your sight and from that direction you hear this it's faint but it's there and it's weird i head in the direction of the york peppermint patty <laughs> taste the minty sensation Oh, yeah. Are the rest of you following? Uh, um, yes. Um, <clears throat> I believe there were beds, beds, beds in the room. I'm, I'm, I'm a go. I'm stair sounds scary. I'm not big anymore. <clears throat> yep, not big anymore. Gonna go lay down. Coco Snoot comes trotting up as he had been following everybody and comes to stand next to you. Hi, buddy. She pets. She pets him. Was I scary? Was it great? It was great for me. I don't know if it was great for you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go lay down for about four days. Catch you guys later. <laughs> Our Bernie turns around and heads back towards the room with the beds. Travancore, you had taken a step or two in the direction of the, the stairs and the sucking sound. What what are the rest of you doing? Or Travancore, did you want to do something else? No, I'm good. I'm gonna keep following. Yeah, we can't let one of these things just roaming around. They're pretty dangerous. They're like mm. me with much worse morals. Oh. Or zero uh, morals. Do we know Do we know it went down the scary hole? Well, we don't know, but we, we gotta look, I figure. Uh, can, we, can we cast detect evil thing? That was not a burping character. I'm sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> it is now. I imagine it was like the last little bit of like fur coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Cannon. That burp is cannon. Hairball. There you go. Um, is there is there is a detect good and evil? Can I? Do, I can do that. That's the thing I can do. I didn't use a lot of spells back there. I did a lot of punching. Carlton, I understand why you do the punching. It's very cathartic. <laughs> oh, well, this is good. All right, so describe uh, to me detect good and evil. You're you're going to cast this spell, and what are you looking it's for? It's a concentration spell, and for the duration, it lasts for 10 minutes, so we can, like, use it as, like, a little, like, uh, 
metal detector. Okay. Maybe. you. Got, I don't know what those skull things were, so Jonathan may have to weigh in on this. Uh, further duration, you know if there's an aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, fiend, or undead within 30... And he was undead, so that's fine. Yeah. Within 30 feet of you, as well as where the creature is located. Similarly... <laughs> Similarly... That still didn't sound right, but I know it is right. You know if there is a place or an object within 30 feet of you that has been magically consecrated or desecrated. This spell can penetrate most barriers, but is blocked by one foot of stone. (laughs) Well, shit. Okay. 30 feet, you said? 30 feet. And I guess it's like a bubble. So, like, as I move, my little bubble moves. You guys like this motion? Basically, you gave us radar. What was the, um, all of the things <laughs> that it sensed again? You said celestial, fiends. Oh, God, it's give gonna me, give light me up like Christmas. Um, <laughs> give me that list again. Aberration, celestial, elemental, fey, fiend, undead. At the moment, through one foot of stone, you sense nothing with 30 feet. But seeing Travancore head towards this stairwell, I'll say that you do creep close enough to the stairwell for your monster dar to get around the corner because you can very clearly see from the other side of the stairwell that the walls of this hallway are about one foot thick so you you creep close to that edge just behind travancore and yeah, oh, oh, yeah, the room that he's going towards, uh, you sense four different things. Oh, 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 pause. Everyone, stop. Is everyone okay. stopping? Stop. Is that, is that, My uh, foot uh, is like halfway in the intersection. I'm going like that uh, not yeah. in the way. I'm like, I just freeze where I am before I put my other foot down. And I turn my over the head and say, yes. I did my thing. The radar. It hasn't been invented yet, this word radar, but here it is in our lexicon right here, right now. There are four things. I'm not sure what they are. I'm assuming evil. Well, they would definitely be of one of the categories. Does does your detect good or evil tell you specifics about them or just where they are? I said it's if there is this thing. So yeah, I think it is like what it like what kind of thing it is. I don't think it gives me okay. a specific like this is a dead undead skull or whatever. But I think it tells me if it's undead, and someone's gonna be like, "You're wrong," but whatever. Yeah. No, I I My that sounds good to me. If you know where they are, then you probably have an idea of what category it falls into. Uh, you know that there are fiend and aberration in that room. No undead. There is a fiend huh. and an aberration. Huh. Well, all right. And I'm not sure what those things are, but I know they're there. How interesting does religion work out in this category, am I right? Well, before before you roll, I'll tell you that you you would have a basic understanding of what that kind of means. Aberration are kind of your classic crazy monsters. Oh, and what? fiends... Oh, often come from some of the crazier parts of the nine hells they are they're not fun creatures neither of these would be considered good like a celestial could be to know more you'd probably have to know a more specific about what kind of fiend or what kind of aberration this is ex- this is very exciting we're going to die here um friends um i w- let me 
shit. Uh, that was a first level spell. Uh, no, Bernie yeah. is going to heal people in this party. Because if I'm looking at who is going to die here, Jonathan the Magic Muscular, I am looking at you. Okay. I'm going to do a thing. And I'm sure Lauren's going to find a way to interrupt this shit. But since Bernie's no longer a giant ape, to thank Jonathan for turning her into such a skull-crushing monster, which was probably the best experience she's had in her considerable lifespan, her 42 years, she's gonna do a thing. I can do a thing. I think once a day I can channel divinity and just, like, heal you fuckers. Well, you, yes, I can. You did already use your channel divinity to turn undead earlier oh, in the is battle. That how many times can you channel divinity today? Um, let me, hold on. Channel divinity, channel divinity. Fuck, fuck, fuck. It's once a day. It's always mm. once a day. To a small degree. I know. All right. I am I'm here. Heal. I've got medical kits. I've got like a shit ton of medical kits just stuffed up in my butt that I never use. <laughs> Not the Carlton <laughs> bucket. Jonathan, <laughs> would you like a, a butt medical kit? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I'm going to use a healing kit um, okay. on... Might use two healing kits on you, Jonathan. You're looking fucking rough. So 13. Let's do our math. So that brings you back up to 42. And if you want, do you want me to do another one? You're 10 points from your thing. I'm probably good for now. Okay, 42. I'm gonna do one on Carlton. Thanks, buddy. That's 15 points for you, Carlton. That brings you up to 61. I feel fine feel good and i get some collateral healing every time i heal anybody which is just gonna bring me back the four points up to my total all right you guys spend like two or three minutes and bernie administers to the two of you while clucking her tongue about the weird stuff that's around the corner and you don't know how she's got them but they're hello kitty band-aids <laughs> You just—it's really weird for you because you're like, I don't know what what is this yeah, little girl little arms. What is she doing on my on my bandages? But they are Hello Kitty band aids. Travancore, while she's doing this, since you are the only one who's kind of around the corner looking looking down these stairs, I'd like you to roll another perception check for me. Okay. Ah, ten. Yeah, you still hear this <laughs> coming from that room. Since uh, Bernie didn't heal Shadow, I don't know if we did anything Wait, that can Shadow be construed. Wait, Shadow didn't need healing. He took uh, 12 points of damage in the last battle, oh, I thought. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, God, come here. Come here, okay. Shadow. And Shadow kind of limps over. Come here, you fucking bear. Shadow's back up to full health. That's 14 points. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's good. Thank you very much. As Shadow walks on over and you minister to him, you can see that he has this kind of joyful excited light in his eyes and for a moment maybe it was that moment that you spent as an animal yourself you can tell that he's excited for you and the experience that you just had shadow gets regular brown band-aids and he is okay with that he still thinks that what you did was super cool and yeah. as he trots back over to travancore what would you like to do next hmm well it seems like everyone is is feeling better so I think we continue in a windwardly direction. Y'all want to slice this pie? Yeah, I really do. Jonathan, you got that mage armor on? Yep, still on. I'm kind of full of cake. I don't know if I want any pie, but I'm willing to go kill some shit. Let's F some S-U. 
<laughs> Give me a marching order as you guys go down these stairs. They are 10 feet across, so you can go two by two if you'd like, but let me know how you'd like to enter this room and if you are just marching on in or trying to be stealthy. I'm sticking Bean in the back. Travancore and Shatter up front. I see Travancore budging past me. I'm like, hey, uh, sure, I'll be right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Spellcaster's in the back then. Still got a hairball. That's what, that's what I, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm in burping order. So Bernie's still a little like, fuck, man. I just really, there was a bed back there. I was a giant ape. She's trying to like recapture that happiness. It's not there anymore. Um, Aww. Would it make you feel better if you're riding on my shoulders? No, because you're going to get attacked by all the big things. She's going to go in between Carlton and Jonathan the Magimuscular. Question. So this room that we're going to be going into, how long would it take us to get from where we are right now into that room? Uh, well, Travancore, you can see into the room a little bit. You're not exactly sure how deep it is, but within... 30 feet are going to be these monsters. Until you actually go down the stairs and enter and see the full breadth of the room, you're not exactly sure. Okay. Uh, then I, uh, right bef- like right as we rush in and right before we hit the door, Jonathan the Metromuscular is going to cast haste on, uh, on Carlton Tanks. One last question. Are you running in or are you trying to stealth in? Although you would all know at this point, you made a lot of noise outside of this room healing up. I don't know that it's worth using the pass without trace to be stealthy. Sooner or later, we're going to fight these things. So, what if we? This is new to us. What if we knock? There's no door, but you could on yeah, the stone. Like they obviously know we're coming, right? Um, if, they, if we heard noise, maybe we should just like try new things. <laughs> the problem <laughs> is that as much as Jonathan the Magimuscular feels like. Every creature should have a chance. Your kobolds, your goblin, whatever. They're they're not innately evil. Fiends are innately evil. Like they are made of evil stuff. Like uh. actual materialized evil. Not to say that you couldn't maybe befriend a fiend or or whatever, but in the situation we're in, we probably should err on the side of our safety. All right, in that case, Bernie's going to err on the side of our safety before we're in initiative and cast Bless. Woohoo! So this is going to be one of those things just like Jonathan's casting Haste, like the very last minute. Yeah. Okay. As we slice that pie, Bernie's like, bless you all my children. May the may the blessings of Bay... Fuck, I don't like using blessings. It's killing me. May the blessings of Bay shine upon you all and um, make... All of your attack rows and saving rolls have plus the d4. I don't know why that voice was. I don't know what that was. Carlton has haste. Bernie has blessed. You guys go walking into... Oh yeah. Who, Who are you blessing? My compatriots instead of not myself. You guys go walking down these stairs into what ends up being a rather smallish room. It's probably only about 50 feet, kind of a a rough hewn on the end. It looks like part of the, the wall on the very far end of this room actually caved in, causing this room to be a bit smaller. It's a little barren, except there's this weird hot dry breeze that you get coming from the center of this room, which has 
out of the floor, about three feet off the floor, this very large well. It's kind of your classic circular well, about five, ten feet in diameter. You're not you're not sure from this distance, but you can very clearly feel this hot breeze coming out of it, sending bits of grit into your eyes. And then, wait, no, it's icy and cold, and you could almost swear that you see bits of snow fly up out of the well. And then in the next moment, you all smell salt water coming out of it. And before you get the chance to walk forward and kind of examine this weird well in the floor, you hear a (coughs) coming from around you, and you see three creatures that Bernie had pegged uh, knowing that they were going to be in the room. They are tall, lanky, tentacled figures with big bulbous heads and sharp beaks floating above the ground. All of them are looking in your direction. Uh, all of them are making this <laughs> noise. And we can roll initiative. Oh, Grell. I got really excited for a second because I thought we were fighting the heat miser and the cold miser. I was about to be like, what if I apply this to, like, a sports injury? Would that be beneficial? (laughs) You said there were four things in here. No, your thing said that there were four things in here. Does her thing still say? Yes, and my thing can't lie to me. It can't. So what does it say now? It says there's four things in this room. Cool. It can tell me the location? Uh, There's the three in front of you, and there's something in the upper right corner. Cool. She says, hey, friends, um, just keep a lookout. There's a thing in the upper right corner. These weird jellyfish. That's what they look like. Jellyfish. These weird elemental elemental jellyfish. (laughs) Um, They're here, but there's another thing. So let's not lose track of that. Ellyfish. Ellyfish. Yes, there. Portmanteau. All right. I need initiative from Travancore. 22. And Carlton. So even though I'm hasted, a six. So I'm not very fast. (laughs) And Shadow. Four. Oof, Shadow. Jeez. Jonathan. Uh, 14. And Bernie. Got a 13. Bernie did pretty good. Yeah, and Bucks. Bucks is 19. Carlton, what is your dexterity modifier? Uh, plus three. Okay, so you are actually going to go before the Grell do. Oh, thank God. Or thank Bay. So whenever you get those low initiatives, you're like, well, shit. Not that you know what they are just yet, but, you know, since since Jonathan called it out. Okay. So you see these creatures before you. Bernie kind of calls out a warning that there might be more. But Travancore, at the moment, all you can see are these three floating bulbous creatures with beaks in front of you. What would you like to do? Gotcha. So since I only see the three up there, I can't make any kind of sense or check to see if that fourth one's out there, like the one that Bernie warned us about. Since Bernie warned you, I'll let you make a perception check. Detective Travancore percepts. Do a whole series of weird little tiny episodes about Detective Travancore. You don't see anything else. All right. Well, in that case, since it can always be moved, I'm guessing that was my bonus action, so I can't cast Hunter's Mark. I will. I'll say it's a free action for that, since you're you're looking around. Gotcha. Okay. So I want to cast Hunter's Mark on the one on the right. Okay. And I want to charge my flare bow. And you want to roll your bless. 
Oh, yes. And I roll my bless on the attack, too. Let's see. So I have an advantage on this attack, too. So, oh, nice. Max uh, thing. So that's going to be a bless 23. Yes, you nail this thing. Go ahead and roll damage. All right. First, we'll do the regular arrow damage, nine piercing, and then we'll add the hunter's mark, which is going to be another three. And then the uh, flare bow damage will be flaming damage. Ooh, five. All right. Your arrow streaks across the room, lighting up the well, which is currently letting off kind of this weird sea spray and slamming into kind of the weird undercarriage of this creature. The beak is large enough that it covers the whole front of the bulbous back of it. And now that the flare bow or now that the arrow that's on fire hits it squarely, it lights it up for a second, and it's almost as though the beak is implanted directly into a giant purple brain with these weird tentacles just floating below it. And it it goes... Alright, and with that, Travancore is going to step behind Shadow and finish his turn. Alright, Bucks, it's your turn. Bucks is going to... He's going to wing around away from the rest of the group uh, to the uh, west side of the room. And he's going to look very carefully around for this fourth combatant that we don't see. In order to enter the room and then be on the left side, he'd be about 20 feet away from these creatures. Okay. Uh, If that's okay. uh, Yeah, that'll be fine. And then have him go ahead and roll a perception check. Oh, good job, Bucks. 22. He doesn't see anything. All right. Uh, Bucks doesn't see anything, guys. And Jonathan, it's your turn. Well... Uh, how far away are the creatures from each other? Uh, from each other, this room is about 40 feet, and one is on the left wall, one is on the right wall, and one is kind of towards the middle, so they're all within 40 feet of each other. All right, uh, I'm gonna light a fireball right in front of our, uh, uh, right now, so the, the room is 40 by 40? About, yeah, it's a little rough along the back wall because of this cave-in, but about. Okay, so if right in front of shadow a fireball is going to erupt which should engulf the rest of the room uh the and not the side that we're in actually okay. I, since jules called or i'm sorry since bernie called out that one corner i want to i want to make sure that a corner of this fireball is in there and don't forget your blast because it's a 20 foot radius for fireball i could envelop the entire room the entire square with fire if i wanted to okay sure uh so but i'm not going to get my friends i'm just going to get like the stuff in front of us, and hopefully that corner. Yeah, uh, well, so, you can sculpt it around bucks. That's fine. Yeah. Dexterity checks for everyone. Dexterity. That's going to be a fail. That's an 18 for the one in the middle. That'll save. Okay. And that's a 16 for the one on the right. Barely save. All right, so 16 saves? Yes. Okay. Ugh, pathetic. Uh, 28 damage. Okay, so the one on the left takes full damage. The other two are going to take half, so that'll be... Yeah, you set this room ablaze. It turns into an oven for a moment. And yeah, they are they are unhappy and chittering at you in a, in a very... <laughs> manner. All right, uh, then uh, Jonathan is going to swing, and he is going to stand with Bucks. Uh, so if anything happens to... To him, uh, it'll happen to Jonathan as well. All right, you're going to enter the room and kind of go off into the the close left corner? Yeah. Okay, Bernie, it is your turn. More importantly, Jonathan just cast Fireball. Yeah, he did. Oh, drink! Here we go. Hey, I'll join you in that drink. Slancha. Cheers. Chin-chin. 
Is there a cheer they say in Canada? No. It's called A. 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 All right, Bernie, what would you like to do? Well, Bernie's just super excited. She's not, like, trying to balance having to heal anyone this round because she knows it's a coming next round. Which is the one that you guys aimed the most firepower into? Uh, the two that are on the, the one on the left and the one on the right seem the most hurt. The one on the left took the full brunt of fire from uh, Jonathan. The one on the right took a little bit less, but also was the one that Travancore shot. The one in the middle is looking a little hurt. They're, they both kind of rocked with this fireball, but they're all still floating there, their tentacles waving in the air, chittering at you. So what does the group think? I, I'm a, like, this is actually just a legitimate question. I'm always of two frame, frames of mind is we can go ahead and kill the one that looks weak. We can put more damage into the one that has the least amount of damage so that somebody else gets a, like, for instance, Carlton's going to get to do like 45 hits on something. I, and I'm going <laughs> to, so like, do you guys have a preference as to which one I kill in terms of team strategy? Uh, generally, it's always better to focus fire. Because that means that if you down an enemy, that's one less turn the enemy gets. That's kind of what I was thinking. All right, so I'm going to go to the one, I guess the left one is the weakest, right? The one on the left and the one on the right both look really hurt. The one in the middle looks kind of hurt. One on the left, because everything I own is in a box there. (laughs) She's going to cast Guiding Bolt, and she's going to cast it as a second level spell. Okay. 16, will 16 hit? Absolutely. Oh, bless Bay. It is just a floating brain with a beak, so. So that's going to take 4d6 radiant, no, sorry, 5, because it's a second level spell now. 5d6 radiant damage. Sure. Go ahead and roll all that radiant. 20. 20 total? 20, yeah, 20 total. One of its weird floating tentacles basically is burnt to a crisp in your radiant damage. The entire brain rocks in the air a little bit, and it seems to stagger, falling uh, almost a foot before very slowly coming back up to float in the air. And Anything else? Well, Bernie's got a nice bonus action, and so of course she's going to cast Spiritual Weapon. All right, where'd you like to put it? And Bernie is going to cast Spiritual Weapon as a higher level spell. Ooh. She is going to cast it as a third level spell. Okay. Put, I know, right? Ooh, all the things. All the things. And stuff. She's going to put it right next to the one that's. Fuck me. We don't play that kind of game here. Thank you very much. That's after dark. That's for later. Um, uh, She's going to put it right next to the one that she's been trying to kill. Sure. It's going to take the form, since this is a jellyfish of a giant fish hook. And it's going to hook that motherfucker. Will a 14 hit? 14 does hit. It it almost sweeps past all the legs, but then it manages to kind of catch the last leg and hook that leg. Go ahead and roll damage. And that is 14 points of damage. All right. As your spiritual weapon hooks onto this bit of brain and tentacle floating in the air, it gives a and falls over onto the ground and gets dragged a little bit by your hook as it dies. Ah. Yeah. And Bernie says, that's three down. <laughs> One down. 
go. I see you in the corner there. You're not fooling anyone. At the end of your turn, Bernie, as you call this out, you feel that sensation moving. Ooh. You you sense it move to the other end of the room. You can't see anything. You just your your divine senses are going off and pinging this thing like it's aliens. It's in the walls, but you you kind of feel it move further and further away from you, and then it pops into existence, glaring angrily at you. And I need to make an attack against you. Aww. Bernie does the thing. She does, like, two fingers to her eyes. So she's like, mm-hmm, I see you. <laughs> and not in the loving, loving uh, manner of that one play <laughs> no. Avatar that I saw once. That was way worse than that other play of Avatar that I saw. That was awesome. Where they did that. <laughs> Where do you find all the time to watch these plays? He's, I mean, you know that Waterdeep has a thriving, folks, a thriving theater community. It's do you think I just come home or go to work and then come home to the inn? <laughs> Jonathan the Magimuscular is a connoisseur of the arts, my friend. For more information, <laughs> talk to the Waterdeep <laughs> Tourist Council. The Water Visit Deep Waterdeep Visitors today. Bureau. Yeah, the Waterdeep Visitors Bureau. He catches the early matinees on the Big way to the Amethyst Acropolis. Yeah. Guys, wait until the, the actual um, holiday that's coming up. There's going to be all the plays. Everybody's going to be putting on so many plays. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Bernie, does a 15 hit you? If my AC is a 15. If it yeah. matches. Uh, it, then it hits. This little red devil-like creature with horns appears and sneers at you from the far corner. Its wings almost pressed up against the wall, so it's not really flying, but more like it's flown up into that far corner and like clutched the wall. A big scorpion tail wrapped around it, and as it points at you in anger, this black beam strikes you, and... You take 11 necrotic damage. Oh, no. As you are struck by this horrible, sucking, withering sense. And you feel like part of you for a little bit is is tainted. And <laughs> you actually can't regain hit points until the start of your next turn. Bernie says, why don't you come a little closer, dear, and say it to my face? And it just hits, hisses at you. Goes, <sighs> I can do that too. <sighs> well, now it's now it is visible. It's kind of popped into existence. Uh, I know she means come a little closer so I can hit you with my fucking fire shield. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the moment, it's going to stay there in that corner, Carlton. You see this little thing up here. There is the two floating beak brains in the center of the room. What would you like to do? Uh, how high up is the floating thing now that he's visible? Is he at the like top of the ceiling? He's at the top of the ceiling, so he's 40 feet up. So he's out of my reach currently. All right. You could jump. Oh, I haven't tried that before. But there's things in my way, so. Yeah. There it. are things uh, between jump. you and the imp. There's something to be said for focusing jump, fire. Jump, Clearing All the right, room. All right, so I'm going to go to the, the weaker one, the one on the side with the halberd. Going to take a swipe at him. So let's go ahead. I'm not raging just currently. 17 to hit. That hits. All right, it'll do. Uh, do you need me to separate the damage? Uh, no, in this case, I don't. Okay, uh, 13 total then. 
Yeah, you slice into the side of the kind of the weird beak brain thing and a, and a bit falls off and it, it <laughs> at you. All right, I'm going uh, to chop me off another piece. Uh, no, I am blessed, so let me go ahead and add that as well. Oh, jeez. Uh, ooh, 13? That does hit very barely, oh, but you do. Oh, Bless Bay. Thank you, you Bay. Uh, 12 total. Okay, it it's looking really rough. Weird green liquid that could be blood is just kind of streaming out of these wounds, and it's half hovering, half lurching in the air, but it is still alive. All right, I'm hasted, so I have an extra uh, attack, one weapon attack only. And then I have my haste attack, and that's going to be a 19 to hit for 19 damage. Yep, and that one actually does finally kill it as you kind of shear off part of its beak, and it falls over into pieces. Do I use my second action surge, or do I save my action surge? That is only a question you can answer. Uh, I'm going to save it. I'm going to belay that. So go, uh, go do your thing. The final beak in the room swoops on over to Carlton, and its tentacles, they writhe up off the ground, and then whoop, whoop, Two of them come at you. Uh-oh. If, if it manages to attach itself, bury its tentacles into your body, and then replace your head with that thing, I'm afraid I'm going to have to kill you. Uh, that's a 24 to hit? Yeah. Ooh. All right. Oh, so dear. the first tentacle smacks you. Eight damage. You're going to take eight piercing damage, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Don't forget your plan. Uh, that'll be an 18. Yeah, that saves. The tentacle kind of whaps you on the side and you feel as though this weird poison has started to spread through your arm, but then it it stops and you're able to shrug it off and it's going to make its second attack. It's an 18 versus AC. Uh, Because of the haste, I'm currently at 19. All right. So the second one, it hits you, but it underestimates how hard it needs to hit you and it basically just kind of leaves a, a wet mark on your arm where these weird wet tentacles oh, were. That's worse than Ooh. actually getting hit. Oh, oh god, that's, that's making me feel weird. <laughs> and I it do is, not consent. <laughs> Shadow's turn. Okay, Shadow's gonna run up to the one that's in front of Carlton and get into flanking. And Shadow is going to bite this fellow. Ooh, okay, 20, soft. Absolutely hits. Radical. That's going to do eight damage. Yeah, it it takes it. Uh, Shadow actually grabs one of these tentacles, the one that had hit Carlton, and bites down, ripping it out of the body of this thing, which staggers, but it is still floating in the air. And that's it for Shadow. Join us next time for the next episode of Flanking Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dravencore, it's your turn. What would you like to do? All right. Seeing the situation well in hand between JMM and Shadow, um... He's going to move his Hunter's Mark to the Fiend off in the distance, and because he has a ranged weapon, he figures, why not put an arrow in it? If you like it, put an arrow in it. Uh, I gotta work on that. And that's going to be a 15. That hits. Go ahead and cool. roll damage. Two max damage. 12 piercing, plus 5 from the Hunter's Mark. 17 17. Alright, yeah. And your your arrows are magical, right? Because you've been pulling them out of the... The magic quiver, yeah. Alright, it sinks hard into this thing's stomach. It looks surprised for a moment and then hisses at you as it clutches this arrow embedded in its stomach. Huh. Alright. Travancore is going to take one more step back and that'll be all he wrote. Alright, it's Bux's turn. 
Uh, Bucks is going to fly back to Travancore and perch on his head. All right, Travancore, you feel the familiar sensation of Bucks' little little claws scratching into your head. Free scratches. All right. <laughs> Jonathan, it's your turn. Unless jo- you want Bucks to do anything else. No, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to move past his friend, so he's sort of uh, in between the uh, the Grell and this fiend. And sure. Then he is going to cock his finger guns. I have to declare all my Scorching Ray targets, right? Yes. How injured does that Grell look? The Grell looks pretty injured. It's it's looking like it's taken some hits. All right, let's do this. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to share space with Shadow, and he's going to stick his arms underneath Shadow's arms, and he's going to <laughs> finger guns Scorching Ray the Grell to try and finish it off. Firebear! Is, is Shadow standing on his hind legs? Um, I, I'm trying to picture this because otherwise, if he's on all fours, Jonathan, what you described involves getting onto all four of your, getting onto your well, all fours and crawling under Shadow, which it, would be it, amazing but weird. In <laughs> battle, it's not uncommon for Shadow to make himself look bigger by standing on his hind legs. So, all right, I'll say this then: as Shadow rears up to bite into this thing, Jonathan, you can come around and and do the thing from Ghost and where you put your arms around him from behind yeah. so that it looks like the, the bolts are coming from his claws. Excellent. All right. I want to do that. <laughs> That's a okay. very sexual description of what he's going to do. I'm just trying to picture how this would work and that's what I'm picturing. So if you're cool with it, I'm cool with it. All right. So all of these are at advantage then, right? Uh, the two that are, or how many are on the growl? I'm going to try and finish off this growl. I'm just going to send all three at him. Sure. Then they are at advantage. All right. Drink! <gasps> oh, Gets an open Very up my second nice. beer. All right. Go ahead and roll damage on that natural 20 before we go on. Just okay, so that's going to be... Cause. So 14? All right. It is still standing, but it takes that firebolt kind of right underneath its, its weird beak. And it... <laughs> All right. That one is going to be a 24 to hit. Sure. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, seven damage. Yeah, and it is still standing. It is, you kind of shear off part of its beak with that one, but it still is floating in the air between everybody. Really glad I sent all three against it then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last one. Uh, that is going to be a 20, soft 20. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, that's going to be eight damage. All right, that finally finishes it off as you hit it now square in the beak. You'd kind of gotten under it and to the side, and then this one lands right in its mouth as it is poised to bite down on somebody, and it goes straight into the back of its brain pan and dies. I I say very loudly, Shadow, you did it! Good job, buddy! Good job, (gasps) Fire Buddy! And he looks super happy. And as long as Shadow doesn't need to use his reaction to do this, he's going to actually, like, blow off one of his, like, paw tips. Like, he's, like, like he's the one who casts Scorching Ray. And if he's not allowed to do this, then uh, Private Elizabeth Girder, in her writings of our adventures years and years from now, will add this for dramatic effect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Private Elizabeth Girder, back in Greenest, is writing a book about your adventures. Well, but I love that. Because she future secretly canon, wants years to be a biographer. And, right. She's our, number one super, she's our number one super fan. And Lisa she's Dwayne. a great biographer in her like in her second career. What yes. she realizes is that she's a, she's adept at writing other people's stories. Yeah, 
Good job, buddy. And and or like, she's not, and it's super bad. But she writes them anyway because yeah. fan fiction. Who knows? I'm, uh, it's not for me to say. The heralds well, of it, greatest it, fan fiction. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna say both of those things are true. Not only is Shadow, without using his reaction, able to finger gun blow out what he thinks are his firebolts, but somewhere, hundreds of miles away furiously writing in a, a bound leather book of empty pages, Private Elizabeth Girder looks down and says, Oh, yes, the fire bear. Absolutely. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, Jonathan has been using sending to tell her 140 characters at a time. <laughs> Unbeknownst to all of us. Yeah, un- un- <laughs> Unknown to everyone else, including Jonathan the Mad Muscular, he's been sending spare sendings to uh, to Private Elizabeth Girder. He's sleep sending. Considering the last time you sent to her, she was freaked out and thought you were in her room. It's taken <laughs> a couple of sending apologies. Yeah. All right, yeah. Bernie, it is your turn. You've watched as the final grell is taken out and all that's left is that little imp in the corner. Bernie is real unhappy about this thing trying to hurt her. Sure. And once again, she's real happy that she doesn't super have to heal anyone. (laughs) So she's going to cast Guiding Bolt, and she's going to cast it as a third level spell. Okay. 16? 16 hits. Go ahead and roll damage. Yes! Okay, hold on. So it is 46 plus 1d6 plus 2d6. So it's 66. 20 points of damage. And what kind of damage is that? Radiant damage. Well, then I need you to describe in gory detail the death of this creature. Yay! So I like the idea that there's like six bolts coming at it and there's two that go through one wing and just shred it. And there's two that go through its second wing and just shred it. And there's one that hits it in the stomach. It was and it grabs its stomach and it looks up at me and I wink at it. And then the last one hits it in the fucking face. It just bursts. And it was already kind of curled around Travancore's arrow. So as this final one hits it in the head and it bursts, it sends red and black goop splattered against all parts of the corner of this room. And for the moment, looks like everything in this room that was alive, that isn't you, is dead. And Bernie, you do not feel anything else on your good and evil dar. Good, good dar? Evil dar? Evil Dar. Dharma. And Greg. Ugh. Sorry. Oh, I'm going to pay for that one later. <laughs> yes. What would you like um, to do? I know that Bernie yells after it. She goes, I told you to come say that to my face. Um, you said the there's a well and then there's like the ruins, like the ruined wall in the back. Yeah, so the far wall, which in this case would be the southern wall, looks like it was a cave caused by a cave-in. The rest of this room, the floor, the ceilings, and the other walls are all actual cut rock and mortared together building materials. So it was a created room. And then it looks like the far wall, about 40 feet away from the entranceway, at some point collapsed in and on itself. And it is just a mound of boulders and dirt. (laughs) So we're in a dead end. Uh, in this room, yes. The only way out would be the way you came in to the north up the stairs. Or down the well. Do you want to look in the well? Yeah, I would like to look in the well. All right, okay. Carrie Wintook, don't be a fool. 
<laughs> it's pretty easy for you over the rim of this well to look down. It goes down past your dark vision. At the moment, there seems to be this sea breeze coming out of it. You, you smell salt air, and it's, it's almost refreshing for a moment, even though it's kind of cold in these rooms. And then as you're intently peering down, the salt air goes away, and there is a blast of freezing cold, icy wind that just hits you straight in the face and chills you for just a moment. I come up and there's like icicles hanging off my face. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. Doesn't do any damage, but ooh, it's a chill. You don't see anything. It just goes into darkness. Alright, I go over to the rubble pile, and I grab like like a fist-sized rock, and I go over to the well, and then I drop it and Try to listen to count until I can hear it. Okay, you drop it. Hit the bottom. And then I'm listening. Oh. Wow. It's not, not, so, this is deep ass well. Yeah. Huh. Not gonna hit the bottom. As you sit there and wait, listening for the sound of this rock, the wind that's been whipping through this icy wind turns back into kind of this hot, dry breeze. I'm very curious by this wind. Chavancourt looks at his watch, which he doesn't have. His little wrist sundial. Just looks at his wrist. Yeah, a little wrist uh, sundial that's uh, deceptively <laughs> low-tech. You continue to wait there as, once again, every minute or two, the or less than that, probably every 30 seconds to a minute, the breeze changes into something different. Some different air gust comes out. But you never hear the the rock impact anything. Uh, Jonathan, is this like natural wind or is this arcane things? Like it keeps changing every two minutes between hot and cold. That doesn't seem normal. Uh, let me. I'll go up and uh, and kind of like put my hand to the wind and see if this pings any of my arcane knowledge. Sure, roll me an arcana check. Uh, it's going to be a twenty-four. The wind doesn't seem to be magical at all, but. As you are concentrating on the wind, you kind of naturally, as it changes from one facet to another, you kind of naturally bring your gaze down into the well. What you can see of the well also doesn't feel magical at all, but you do get a faint sense way down in the well. Something down there is definitely magical. You're not quite sure what. You'd have to get a lot closer in order to examine it, but there's something deeper in this well that is making your senses tingle, but you don't know what. But it's not the wind, and it's not at least the surface parts of this structure. I have a really, really bad idea. I love it. Let's do it. Hit me. Uh, all right. So, um, I need to, while I'm looking, while I'm considering this bad idea, need to revisit one of my spells. All right. I was going to see if I could do like a mass spider climb, but I can't. Uh, I can only do like one person. Oh, do it at a higher level. Yeah. And yeah, no, I think it is, it is just 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 one one person. So is the well like empty or is there water at some point? Like it's immediately on the bottom. We don't know. (laughs) We never heard. Well, couldn't bucks fly down until there's water? I was going to say, is spider climb concentration as well? It is, yeah. Because I was just, damn, because I'm heisted, which means I could, like, dash 160 feet. Oh, on the wall. Right, right, yeah. But you can't spider climb and haste me. You, that is true. 
I mean, I could dash 80 at a time to get down there and, like, look. And I could take a hit or two. Did we ever hit hear the pebble hit? You did not ever hear anything land. You just hear the of wind coming out of this well. I also have a lot of wax in here. Hmm. Potentially bottomless well. I mean, according to the one song I heard, you gotta keep the devil way down in the hole. Wait, do you think it's a hole to hell? Well, no, because hell isn't cold. Um, I'm what do you really... mean hell isn't cold? You never read Dante's Inferno? I'm pretty sure there's a cold circle of hell in there somewhere. That's actually where the devil is. is yeah. He's frozen in a, a lake of ice, if I remember my, my Dante. Ah, I, I actually remember read, my sister uh, doing Dante's a project Inferno. where she made a Dante's Inferno circle of hell out of jello and barbie. Oh, wow. If I remember, if I remember my Dante, he was not supposed to be there that today. <laughs> that's the Dante I know. That's um, a, that's a better reference. How so? What like how wide is the well? It's about seven feet. We couldn't go like hand over hand down it. No, Carlton might be able to, but, but the rest of us can't. I'm just trying but to, Carlton. You know that that would be very difficult, and all it would take would be one wrong move, and you would fall. Forever. I was thinking like if you spider climb me, I can just go down the side of it. And report, like, I could take a hit or two, as long as you don't lose concentration. Uh, and it is up to an hour. Okay, let's do that. Let's, I am going to spider climb Carlton Tanks. And so. I'm going in a well. Bernie doesn't like this idea, but she's just going to let it fly because (laughs) they all know the rules. So why not? Carlton, how tall are you? Uh, like seven feet tall. I'm basically going to, like, climb over the edge and go head first down. But now that I can spider climb, I can just. Slot, like, go head first. You can kind of walk along the walls of this, of the well, absolutely, because it is only seven feet and you're just about seven feet. You're hunched a little bit, but. Oh, yeah, you I could do. Th- if you yeah. want to do this, you think you could actually walk along the, the walls of this well. Okay, right. go, uh, go, so go. Before I do that, I'm going to pull out my halberd just in case and kind of keep it in front of me. So, like, not up, but out. Just like, so that way, I, if anything comes, I'm like, nope. Uh! Okay, go ahead as you enter the well and you go about 10, 15 feet down. You still don't see anything far down below you. Go ahead and roll a perception check. I would uh, love to. As, I do, as he get, heads in, Bucks looks at me, at Jonathan the Banjo Muscular, looks at the hole, looks at me, gives me a nod, and flies in after Carlton. Ooh. Is he going to fly past Carlton or is he going, how, how is he flying? He is going to, since he's small, the, the wind was always coming up out of the well, right? It seemed to be, yes. Okay. He knows that he probably can't fly against that current or it would be, at, it would at least be very difficult. So he is going to, he is going to fly down, grasp his, his deltoid, the one muscle that's like, uh, is that a deltoid or a trap? The one muscle right by your neck, he's going to grip it and he's going to hunk your, hunk down. And essentially he's going to be the, Help Carlton died message. All right. Uh, Carlton, as you get a couple of feet down this well, your halberd in front of you, uh, you feel the the now familiar claws of Bucks oh. hey, Albuddy. sink into the side of your shoulder. Bernie is going to keep track of the time. And when 28 minutes have elapsed, she is going to yell at Carlton. Okay. You start counting. Carlton, what was your perception check? Uh, 16. Okay, and since Bucks is there, I'll let Bucks roll a perception check. All right. 
That's actually a really good deal because at about 28 minutes, he's bingo fuel, as it were. Bingo fuel? You're halfway done with your shit. And it gives you two minutes to get back up. Yeah, pretty good. Gotcha. Very clever. Well, it uh, gives you 32 minutes, but you 16. know what I mean. Two extra. Okay. As Carlton, you continue to make your way down this well, bucks on your shoulder, the two of you watching out for anything. You've got the halberd out in front of you. The air continues to whip past you. It's not incredibly strong. Like, bucks feels like it would be a struggle, but he could fly down if he needed to. But it's certainly a lot easier, and he doesn't have to now that he's gripped Carlton's shoulder. It changes two or three times while you're while you're down there. It seems like it's a regular pattern. It seems like it's just about every minute it changes to some other form of breeze, some other wind, either cold, medium, hot, humid, dry, all sorts of stuff by the sea, in the woods, near a peat bog you're not exactly sure it just constantly shifts and as you continue to walk down you get about 40 45 feet down when you see a a faint black and purple shimmer in front of you and just as you kind of reach it with the tip of your halberd i need you to make a strength saving throw i did something stupid didn't i uh uh bless is still active right how long does Bless last? A minute? Ugh. Mm. No, because you said it's been a couple minutes. No, no, long. yeah. Right. Bless is gone. Uh, 14? Um, as soon as the tip of your halberd touches this weird black and purple shimmering, you get pulled forward. It's as, as if some invisible force has grabbed the edge of your weapon and yanked you down this well, and you go skidding forward. Is Bucks going to stay holding on to Carlton as this happens? He's jerked forward about 10 feet. Uh, yeah, he's going he's gonna to try and stick with him. If he, okay. if he feels like it's going to be too much, he's going to, he's going to bail, but, uh, but for now he's going to try. Define too much. Uh. Nope, too late. Okay. Funk. Carlton, you bucks, your weapon hit this wall of shimmery, translucent something, purple and black. And as you pass through it, you are thrust out into the desert. Around you is sand and rocks as far as the eye can see. It is noon and oppressively hot. And after being in this underground cave and tunnel system where it's been cold and damp being thrust suddenly into the the brightness of this you have to kind of squint a little bit bucks closes his eyes for a moment as you land face first into the sand holding your halberd you roll over and take just like half a second to clear your vision behind you you see a Big, seven-foot-wide, oval, black and purple disc shimmering in the air. What do you do? Uh, how high up? It's right there on the ground. Uh, okay. You feel like uh, you just came from it. I'm going to go back in it and at full speed running. So that hopefully I'd be, my mind, I think I would be running up into the, the well that I fell out of. Go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw. And I need bucks to do the same. And I can see this, so I have advantage on it for my danger sense. This isn't an attack. Okay. In that case, uh, 11. Uh, 13 for Bucks. Okay. Bucks 
in a a sudden burst of panic leaves your shoulder and flies into this black purple shimmering thing portal and disappears into it carlton as you struggle to your feet you half make it through the portal as it closes around you is carlton cut in half you take 18 points of slashing damage as it kind of catches your back and the back of your leg and it feels as though something like a large knife just kind of came down behind you and as you push yourself through this thing forcing yourself back up into the well planting your feet on the side of the well the hot air that came with you from this desert shifts and changes and it is now kind of a, a cool breeze with a little bit of a moss scent. I'm booking it back up. <laughs> and Bucks has already f- flown out of the well and is circling above as you come running on out. Uh, guys. What? I was in the desert. <laughs> what? Oh, shit. The ba- his back and the back of his legs are it's as though a knife has come and sheared off several layers of skin and he is bleeding from the back of his legs and his back. Yeah, this was a bad idea. No, I could have told you that one. Bucks lands on Jonathan the Magic Muscular and both our eyes kind of go like, go sparkly as Bucks downloads his memories to mine. I'm not, I think that's how that works. I don't know. Or he shares them. And I see like, oh shit. What the fuck? Where were you guys? I don't know. I just wanted on the record that while this whole thing was going on, Travancore and Shadow split one of their apple tarts and ate them. <laughs> cool. Okay. Cool. You you huh. have a snack as for a moment your friend is gone and then reappears. Yeah. Uh no. Uh I don't know any wells that lead to a desert and it was freaky and my danger sense went off and I'm like, nope, I gotta go back. Uh from Bucks's recollection of things and what he saw. Is there anything Jonathan the Magimuscular can determine about, like, if he was on a different plane or a different place or anything like that? Roll an intelligence check. Uh, I think that is a 13. 13? Yes. Yes. You don't think it was another plane of existence? You think there would be a lot of differences? Even even with a featureless landscape from what Buck saw, but- Bucks was there so briefly, maybe 20, 30 seconds at most. And most of that was spent booking it back towards what seems to be some kind of portal between here and there. All he saw was sand and rock and blue sky and sun. Did he see the rock I dropped in it? Um, <laughs> no, he did not. Hmm. Yeah. So, but, but, but he wasn't looking for it. So it doesn't, he didn't look for it. So it doesn't come to mind. At the same time, if this portal closed on you, that may, may have meant it opened somewhere else, like maybe a colder environment or something like that. So it's very possible that wherever this was, uh, it, the portal reopened somewhere else. So how far did you have to go to get down there? It was? It was about 60 feet before the end of his halberd touched the portal. So the portal itself would be about 70 feet down. 
I want to know what this is, but I think whatever that is going on down there, this is a symptom and it is a symptom. I think whatever is controlling that or created might be up here, but this is definitely a thread we may want to pull on some more. If we do it, we do it together because if we're going to get lost in the desert, I don't want to be alone. That's yeah. I want to make sure we pack water. It's very interesting that uh, this thing was near some sort of barracks. Makes me wonder if, like, some sort of force was using this to sort of get places very, very quickly. I saw that play. <laughs> or bring people in to infiltrate Waterdeep. Well, we Maybe. Don't, but we, how would they get up the well? They could fly like that fiend. I guess they could fly, but what if they all can't fly? That's why mm-hmm. I'm thinking that, that this is a means by which things are maybe disposed of. Maybe this is a trash chute. I grab another rock from the rubble pile and I drop it down the well and listen. Okay, I'll let you know and when I, you hear it. Okay. Because <laughs> I didn't look behind me to see if it had reopened a minute later. I just got the fuck out. Okay, Travancore, what was your question? I was wondering if there's a way to sort of block off the entrance to this well. The idea being that if someone's still using it, certainly they're going to come back and unclog this hole. Well, it's kind of up to you. It's a seven foot diameter well yeah. so you'd have to plug the top of it somehow with like a lid or something magic can do it but i don't have that spell we could put a bed on top of it that's that's actually a really good idea i we like put that a couple beds on top of it yeah and then we could go to sleep in there and then yeah we could me and shadow can lay on top of it <laughs> so nobody can get out wow camp magic well i like it <laughs> well one thing we should do i think is is try and hunt down this last skull because those things are super dangerous and technically our job was to clear out the undead and, and as long it's as that true. thing exists it's not cleared out assuming that it didn't escape true. to wherever that that thing is it, any indication that they went, went down this hole well or do we not know roll a oh it'd probably be an investigation check actually tell me where it's no, it'll tell me if it left markers. Sorry. It'll tell you if it left markers or if, if it's within 30 feet of you and you, at this moment, don't sense any fiend, fey, undead. You don't sense anything within 30 feet of you. Actually, you do sense one thing. I'm sorry. Bucks is a celestial. You sense Bucks. Hello. I'm like, hi, buddy. You're he cocks his my head radar. at you. Jonathan, Buck seems really amused by the fact that Bernie is just now noticing that he's a celestial. <laughs> I forgot about that. No, I mean, like, I mean, you're an owl, but you're also a thing that's celestial. Yep. Travancore, what'd you roll for your investigation? 15. You take a look down the sides of this well or on the, the, the bits of it. It's large enough that that flame skull could fit down and it was a creature that seemed to be able to hover fly float something like that but you don't see any obvious markings of its passage well i kind of like the idea of blocking the entranceway so that this thing can't escape if it is still somewhere in the well at least not this way and then we i guess we have to keep hunting and then we can always double back and if the beds are moved we know somebody was there that's very true all right so you're gonna go into the barracks room and grab a couple of the leftover beds Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You guys head back into that room. There's about six still mostly intact beds, one or two that are basically just splinters. Go ahead and roll some investigation checks for me. Anyone who's going to grab beds? I will grab a bed. <laughs> well, I don't have a very good investigation, but Bernie's going to take a look at the bed. 
11. All right, 11 from Carlton Travancore. Ooh, uh, this is a fun one. It's a three, but uh, it's a natural one. Oh, yeah, you're still mulling over where this flame skull might have gone, and you're just looking at a bed. It looks like a bed. Birdie. Two. Yeah, same kind of thing. You're super excited about this plan. You're, you all grab some beds. Uh, Jonathan, were you rolling, or were you just helping? Just helping. Okay. Uh, yeah, you all grab some beds. Carlton, as you grab one, you smell some oof rot. They're, these are not the cleanest beds. There is no mattress on this thing. Any sheets have long turned to strips of rotted, disgusting piles of rags. But you do manage to grab... How many beds did you want to grab? All. Okay, you can grab all six of them, kind of between the four of you, going back and forth a few times. Uh, the first two, the first one that you put on there, it fits over the, the diameter of the well pretty nicely. You go to put the second one on. As you put it on down, it lands on the first one, and the first one breaks in a couple of places, and you can clearly see that a lot of the wood is rotted. It's still there, but many of the pieces fall into the well. Did you want to continue to just pile beds Bed pile? Tetris bed pile! Tetris bed pile. I'm wondering whether in putting it right on top, maybe we just put a random bench on the side so it's harder to move, so that we would have more time and hear more noise if someone were to move it. Describe to me by what you mean on the sides. Okay, so like, um, you have like, like the bed and a half that are still on top of the well. You would just take the, the rainy beds and have them like standing up and then leaning against that top bed. Okay, roll a dexterity check for me. As, as you're going to take charge of this fun Tetris project. I like initiative. Let's see, or the initiative that I'm taking. 15. Okay. It takes about mm, 20 minutes or so to arrange it just right. And you do find in the process that one of the beds is just completely fallen to pieces on you. So you really only have five beds. The one is rotted and termited to its core. And immediately as soon as you put it on its side and try to, to angle it up, it practically falls to splinters but you do manage to get the other five beds almost bonfire like tetris on top of this well it's still got air coming out of it and you can still audibly and physically feel the the change about every minute as different air is brought into this room but the main portion of it seems to be blocked off for for most of it all right anything else you'd like to do no i'm good how about the rest of you what are you doing now that you've got a, a blocked off well Oh, uh, well, we could short rest. Yeah, short rest. Use some hit dice. Okay. Spend an hour. You're going to spend an hour here in the well? In the well room? Yeah, that would be good to tell us if anything's coming up on the regular. It's true. Sure. You guys kind of get comfortable and take an hour, heal up a little bit, relax, and try to plan your next move. And that is where we will end for tonight. For the three Grell and the Imp that you killed for for the radar for monsters for the butt medical kit because why not for asking the question why don't we just knock <laughs> for wet tentacles flanking buddies and more fire bear i'm gonna give you guys a total of 3640 experience and next time on Dungeon Drunks, we will continue through the tunnels under the bloody fist. Thanks for listening to our adventure. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com and see you next encounter. 
This week's episode is sponsored by the wonderful folks at Polymorph Crafts and their Mimic Chest. It's a unique way to carry all of your dice, minifigures, pens, pencils, and more for your D&D game, and it is awesome. This gorgeous handcrafted wood mimic chest uses over 200 magnets to transform from an easy-to-carry chest to everything you need for D&D. A dice tower and rolling tray, three dice vaults, two pen and pencil holders, plus card stands for spell or attack cards. With plenty of extra space inside, you'll never have to leave anything at home. Polymorph Crafts is launching a Kickstarter in mid-October, and early bird backers can get 5-10% to off. So sign up for email updates at polymorphcrafts.com. Make sure you check out the pictures and videos of the Mimic Chest at facebook.com slash polymorphcrafts, or follow them on Twitter at polymorphcrafts. You will truly appreciate its design when you see it in action. They sent me a mimic chest of my own to try, and I love it so much. So I highly recommend you check them out at polymorphcrafts.com. Hey, people. My name is Aram, and I am the creator and dungeon master of the fantasy podcast known as God's Fall. Kalgun is a broken world. The old gods fought one another to mutual destruction, obliterating magic and swallowing much of the planet in a permanent world storm. The five kingdoms that remain live by an uneasy truce born out of necessity, a peace which is tested when the new gods begin to arise. I recently launched a world book detailing the custom setting for our game, including original races, creatures, countries, people, and rules for the powers that drive the arisen gods known as divinities. We have previews of the book and the artwork at godsfall.com worldbook, as well as more information about the podcast and links so you can secure your own copy in both print and PDF. So thank you for listening and supporting Godsfall, and thank you for checking out the Godsfall Worldbook at godsfall.com worldbook. <laughs>